You're listening to the Open Podcasts. On the tee from the Republic of Ireland, Shane Lowry. Definitely the most nervous I've ever been on the first tee of any tournament ever. Like, Port Rushes was just a huge occasion for Irish golf. We didn't think it could happen. We thought it was just a pipe dream. It's not only good, it's absolutely unbelievable. A fist pump from Shane Lowry. I mean, he was just enjoying himself, wasn't he? He was going around that golf course, loving it. That's what we live for, really. It was so, so good. If you've ever wanted to know what it's like to be a pop star, Shane, I think you've got a fair idea now. This doesn't feel like golf. Saturday's one of the best rounds of golf I've ever seen in my life. Bar none. Everyone standing. Everyone applauding as Shane Lowry and Tommy Fleetwood arrive on the green. But this, of course, is for the Irishman. I'm actually getting goosebumps here thinking about it. When I got to about four o'clock in the morning, I remember sitting out on Dawson Street in Dublin with the Claret Jug and hardly anybody there. And it's just like, oh my God, what is just after happening to me? That's Shane Lowry. He's the Irishman who was followed by thousands of fans through wind, rain and storms to win the Open at Royal Port Rush. But that doesn't even begin to tell the story of 2019. Still as you like, ball on the way and ball into the cup and what a start from Shane Lowry. I'm James Nesbitt and with the help of those who were there to see it, I'll explain why I believe the 148th Open was the greatest in history. I would say that though, Royal Portrush is my club. So, where do we start? How about with the fact that Northern Ireland was hosting an Open for the first time since 1951? So long ago, the man who won it spent the winter milking cows to strengthen his palms. The Open Golf Championship fought out at Royal Portrush, County Antrim, ended in a British win. Max Faulkner, 34-year-old unattached professional, was unperturbed by the weather or the strong competition he was up against. Here's his last putt. Why the 68-year gap between Opens? In simple terms, because of the troubles in Northern Ireland. Local hero Darren Clark knows all about that political divide. The 2011 Open champion is from Dungannon, just 50 miles south of Port Rush. Bombs were going off quite frequently and, you know, a lot of people unfortunately paid a heavy penalty for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. But that was our life back there at that stage. You think about at that stage when everything was going on, whether we were ever going to have a tournament such as this, you know, it was beyond the realms of possibilities. It just was never going to happen. My name is Wilma Erskine. I was the secretary manager of Royal Portrush Golf Club in 2019. The RNA were involved behind the scenes for quite a number of years before. We, we had when 2010, Graham McDowell won in America, Darren Clark 2011, and Rory McIlroy. So the Irish players were coming through and they were doing their little bit in the background, promoting Northern Ireland and saying what great courses and talking to people in the RNA. Peter Dawson was in charge at the time and maybe I was sort of an irritating little person. You know, it was like, well, why can't we have it? You tell us what we need to do and we're going to do it. And of course, there was a great day when Martin Ebert and Peter Dawson were over and they looked at the golf course and they went out. It was a terrible day. And they came in and they said, you know, we might be able to do this. Well, I suppose this is just about the world's worst kept secret. <laughs> but on behalf of the RNA, I'm absolutely delighted to confirm that we've invited Royal Portrush Golf Club to again become a host venue for the Open Championship. I'm Greg Allen. I'm a broadcaster and commentator on golf for RTE, and I was at Royal Port Rush. The thing is that there wouldn't be anything bigger that you could stage in Northern Ireland than the Open Championship. It's one of the most famous sporting events in the world. That claret jug, that you know, iconic claret jug, it, it speaks volumes across the whole spectrum of sport because of the fact that it's such a big historic event with a history dating back to 1860. For Northern Ireland to be able to stage that it would be just a huge exclamation point 
from where they had been 20, 25 years earlier. Thank you, Mr Speaker. As the Prime Minister enters the end game of her Premiership, would she join with me in congratulating the Royal Portrush Golf Club and celebrating the return after almost 70 years of the Open Golf Championship? Can I say to the Honourable Gentleman, I'm very happy to congratulate Royal Portrush Golf Club on hosting the Open and to welcome the fact that the Open has returned to, uh, to Northern Ireland. I will certainly be watching what is happening in the Open with great interest. The then UK Prime Minister Theresa May was excited and so were our hometown stars. Graham McDowell was brought up in Portrush, while Rory McIlroy learned to play on the Dundas links. No matter what happens this week, and if I win or whoever else wins, having the, the Open back in this country is a massive thing for golf, and it'll be a massive thing for the country. You know, sport has an unbelievable ability to bring people together, and you know, we all know that this country sometimes needs that, and uh, you know, this has the ability to do that. On the tee from Northern Ireland, Graham McDowell. Growing up here in the town of Portrush, must have walked past the photo of Fred Daly with a claret jug in his hand about 10,000 times. And growing up with the legend of 51 and Max Faulkner, and um, it's such a big thing for this part of the world. It's amazing that it, it hasn't been here in, in such a long period of time. This is just a wonderful golf course. The ball seems to repel around the greens a lot. You're going to have a lot of um, slow putts coming up the hills, but it's, uh, it's an unbelievable golf course. Down on the range, Padraig Harrington, a two-time Open champion. Many of the players credit him for the return of this Open to Royal Portrush when he won his Open in 07 and 08. Irish Open in Ireland is a unique event on the European Tour. People come to it and, yes, they want to play good golf, but every player who's ever come to an Irish Open kind of goes, yeah, I want to play well, have a great week. And if it doesn't happen that they play well in the golf course, they seem to have an even better week off the golf course. So we kind of knew that bringing an Open Championship with the buzz that would be there for an Open Championship, the crowds that would come for an Open Championship, there'd be just that little bit extra. The week of it, I, I'll always remember turning up uh, on the first of the practice day and said, this is nuts. You know, it just felt like no other Open had felt like. The pent-up, frus not frustration, anticipation of... Uh, 1951 all the way to 2019 meant this was just so special and beyond that there was this unique Irish feel about it which was going to make it like no other that had preceded it. A player who kept a low profile in the build-up was Shane Lowry of Clara County Offaly down in Southern Ireland. There's a look at Shane Lowry. Just a gorgeous rhythmical swing. Lovely shoulder turn, just turn back, run through, lovely clearance. He came to Port Rush in good form, but he missed the cut in his last four Open Championships. A meeting with his coach, Neil Manchip, on the eve of the Open changed everything. You know, I went into Port Rush, and obviously, like you said, Port Rush was just a huge occasion for Irish golf in general. You know, and I, I was a part of that, yes, Obviously, Rory, GMAC and Graeme were, you know, all from Northern Ireland. You know, I know it was, it was a home tournament for me, but the lads were, it was more so about them, I, I feel anyway. And I, that, that's what was great as well, because I felt like I could come in under the radar. Yes, there was obviously going to be a lot of Irish people there cheering for me, but it, it was kind of, it was the Rory show, like, and it was mostly about him and people were kind of expecting him to do well and hoping for him to do well and obviously look people were hoping for me to do well as well so I was kind of going in in my own head with a little bit of expectation and then on a Wednesday yeah myself and Neil went for a coffee that evening and I was feeling quite nervous about the whole week and I walked out of Bushmills Inn that night and I could have drove straight to the first tee and teed off Port Rush like obviously goes out saying but it was mentally the best week I've ever had in my career a very special day in the sporting calendar brings us to this stunning part of the world. As the Open returns to Northern Ireland and Royal Portrush for the first time in 68 years. Let's get a little bit of the atmosphere out and about. Alison Walker is there amongst the fans. Ali, very good morning to you. Morning, Richard. Well, gosh, when we came in this morning, queues outside before six o'clock for the first day. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Desperate to get in, of course, the locals would you mind having a quick chat about what you're looking forward to today? Everything. 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 Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Royal Portrush for the first day's play of the 148th Open. 
Thursday, 18th of July, 2019. What a spine-tingling day. Years, even decades of hard work had led to this landmark point in our country's history. Now there was nothing left but to let the games begin. Very shortly on that first tee, there he is, Darren Clark. Lit the opening tee shot. The first tee on the opening day of the championship was emotional. I was down on the range at 5.30 and my tee time was 6.40. And I was totally cool with it all until I walked down the steps. The stand was completely full and all of a sudden I walked down there and I thought, oh, all sorts of stuff going through my mind. I wanted to be there for Darren. I actually felt quite emotional for him because he did look, when you see it on TV, I think he was very proud of it. I, I, I always called him my ambassador. He was the ambassador for Royal Portrush and the Open. It was a very proud moment. This is game number one on the tee from Northern Ireland, Darren Clark. And he seems to have ripped it up the right-hand side here. This first hole, and it seems to be safe. So Darren Clark is up on the right-hand side here. The open tee shot, very emotional moment, I'm sure. You know, I hit the pot, and sure enough, ball goes in the hole, and the people up behind the stand and everything there were every bit as pleased as I was. So it was a good start. There was so much love for Darren, and for Graham too, who got a huge cheer on that first tee. But the player the fans had in their hearts was Rory, the bookies' favourite. The 2014 Open champion shot a course record 61 here when he was a teenager. This was his time. I felt good going into the week. I'd had a pretty good year up to that point. I had two wins. And then with the history of playing Portrush a lot and what I'd been able to do there in the past, you know, I felt like it was a really good opportunity for me to you know, try and get my name on that Claret Jug for a second time. On the tee from Northern Ireland, Rory McIlroy. Whenever my name was announced on the first tee, I remember putting my ball on the ground, putting the tee in there, and I, you know, I, I felt nervous, physically a little nervous. Oh my God, he's gone out of bounds. He's hooked it way left. I turned it too much with the wind, and it kept going. I think it only went out of bounds by a, a yard or two, but obviously not the ideal way to start the Open Championship, whether it be at Port Rush or anywhere else. Wow. Oh, Rory. What a disappointment for you. Breaks our heart. It's an eight. Even by missing that putt on the first green, okay, I'm four over par, but I just said to myself, it's a sort of pretty tough day. You know, if, if I can get back to even par for the tournament, that was my goal. Oh, Rory, 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 Rory. Everything had been building up to this historic day and that start was just unthinkable. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Rory McIlroy having more problems coming down the 18th, his fourth shot into this closing par four. He's already five over. Oh, heavens above. At least his fellow Ulsterman fared better. Darren shot a level par 71, whilst Graham started brilliantly but ultimately faded to a 73. Looking back, that first day was pretty dramatic. The cold weather was causing the reigning Masters champion Tiger problems. Be a double for Tiger, plus three. New Zealander Ryan Fox became the first player to break 30 on the back nine of an Open. 12-footer on 18 to get to three under. It's on its way. The New Zealander has. What a terrific back nine. Argentina's Emiliano Grillo got a huge cheer for his hole-in-one at the 13th. Whilst Florida's Brooks Kepka had won four of the last ten majors. Chance, chance, he's got one. Kepka ties at the top. Four under par. But let's rewind a bit. It's 7.52am on Thursday and Shane Lowry has stood on the first tee alongside Phil Mickelson and Brandon Grace. He wasn't the favourite, he wasn't one of the poster boys, but boy was he nervous. On the tee from the Republic of Ireland, Shane Lowry. I could not believe the crowds for that early in the morning. And then you're kind of, you know, the, the nervous excitement is gone and you're, you're absolutely buzzing to get out there. But I, I, I will say that, and I said it to Bo after I hit the tee shot, I hit three iron down the fairway. It's definitely the most nervous I've ever been on the first tee of any tournament ever. Like He's got a new caddy on the back in the shape of Bo Martin, who apparently has been very important to his resurrection, that win in Abu Dhabi at the start of the year. When we walked onto the tee on Thursday morning, the crowd... It was nuts. 
And Shane, before he hit his tee shot, came over to me and said, I've never been as nervous. I'm so nervous. You know, you don't, you're you always a little bit nervous on a Thursday morning, but he was actually more nervous on Thursday morning than he was on Sunday morning. So once he hit his tee shot, and he, he, the crowd were cheering on every green, cheering on every tee. It felt like you were trying to win the golf tournament on every hole, and it was Thursday. So I think he handled that really well. You just want to make a par. You just want to even make a bogey. You just want to get off and running. And you obviously, you don't want to do what Rory did. Shane was left with a second shot on the par 5 12th. Has a 20-footer for birdie here. Fantastic. Yeah, so Shane Lowry now leads the Open Championship at four under par. What a performance from him. Lowry for par. Yeah, let's hope he makes it. It'll be a big roar. Well done. Round of 67. I played great golf that first day. To be honest, I played such good golf that first day that I shot four under and I didn't feel like it was a good score. But then as the day went on, you know, I was I was leading for the whole day and then obviously JB Holmes just he birdied the last to, to pass me out. But it was uh yeah, as the as the whole day went on, it, it I suddenly realised how good my four under actually was. Did you back them? No, I didn't. Silly. From the very beginning, once he got into that position, starting well with a round of sixty seven, it looked as though this was the Shane that occasionally all the stars align. When it all comes together and you get his ball striking in sync with that sublime short game. So when he had it all together, there was this sense in following him around the course that he just looked as though he was in that mindset of being someone who could contend, whatever about win, but someone who could contend. And he never looked at any point in the week as though the monumental size of the occasion was getting to him. Good morning. Wherever you're watching around the world, it's good to have you with us at the start of day two of the 148th Open Championship at the Royal Portrush Golf Club in Country Antrim in Northern Ireland. What a beautiful morning it is too. We're told that the weather forecast for today is kind early on with the possibility of some wet weather later. All this talk of Irishmen, but the English stars were hoping to break their 27-year Open hoodoo. Justin Rose moved to six under on Friday. In the hole! What a great birdie for Justin Rose. Lee Westwood was playing in his 25th Open and was turning back the clock as he dreamed of winning his first major. What a birdie this would be for Lee Westwood. Yes. And Tommy Fleetwood looked like he was hitting form at the right time after a low-key season. Strikes the putt. It's looking good. Yes, what a fantastic putt. Absolutely magical, four under par, 67 for Tommy Fleetwood and he joins JB Holmes at the top of the leaderboard on minus seven. Day one, played really, really solid. I didn't make a bogey. Opening round of a major and you go bogey free is pretty much as stress-free as you're going to get it. I didn't really give myself a lot to do. Came in feeling pretty confident about things and, you know, it was a good day. And then the second day, played a really good round of golf. And, um, you know, the only thing you can do is be around at that point. You can't win the tournament. You can lose it for sure. You can be out of it. But for two days, like playing pretty good golf and making sure you're in, in the mix is all you can do. Typical of where I'm from, it absolutely tipped it down on Friday afternoon and it caused problems. For the first time in over 20 years, Tiger and Phil Mickelson both missed the cut at a major championship. That's a par putt for Tiger. Well, Tiger's always had the full tour of the seventh, and that's going to wreck his chances. Sadly, for the local crowds and the wider golfing world, Darren Clark had a terrible finish to his day, resulting in him narrowly missing the cut. To go from the elation of the first tee on Thursday to making treble on Friday on the last to miss the cut, I can't describe how bad I was feeling after I came off there. I think I lost the power of speech for about a day after that, unfortunately. And, but sometimes our sport, that's just the way it is. Sometimes it's hard. Padraig Harrington had a better day on Friday, but couldn't make up for an opening round of 75. It was tough, but it was a little bit down to my, you know, pressure being a hometown event and you just get a little bit stressed out. I think the players, I'm actually sure the players received it exceptionally well. And remember this. Players were shooting scores like myself, 75 or high scores, and still coming off the golf course saying, this is my favourite Lynx course I've ever played, this is my favourite course. And, and no matter how bad the weather was, there was a really good atmosphere all week. Now, clearly it built during the tournament. Shane made it consecutive rounds of 67 thanks to shots like this. Still as you like, ball on the way and ball in 
into the cup and what a start from Shane Lowry. Birdie, birdie, birdie and seven under par. Superstar Rory was still playing catch up. He was desperate to make the cut. It's here on 16 when I made birdie. Like I still, I get goosebumps. Crowd will be willing this one in. He said it on a good line. It's gone in, it's gone in. Oh, what a great putt for Rory McIlroy. Fantastic birdie here at Calamity 16th and you can hear the crowd go wild. He's back to two over for the championship, six under for the day, and he's only one shot off the cut mark. And the fact that it was you know, seven o'clock at night and it was a sort of gray, sort of misty, it wasn't very nice, and people still stayed out there cheering me on to the very end. It's something that, that meant a lot to me. A miracle, we need one, we want one. And he sends it on his way towards the hole and he rolls it in and you can hear the crowd. They're all shouting his name and lots of applause. He's finished on minus six today. Fantastic score of 65, but unfortunately he's on plus two for the championship. Maybe could make the cut, but unfortunately he might miss by one. I do think that Rory came in with a huge expectation on his shoulders. He was really behind getting the open back and you can imagine all these guys in the Graham McDowell's, they, they all want to see their home track, but you know, there is pressure out there. There's no doubt about it. Don't get very emotional over golf, but you know, that day was, it sort of got the better of my emotions and um, you know, it was hard to keep it together for, for all those 18 holes. Let's go to McDowell. to go in for Graham. To make the cut was very important to me first and foremost, but uh, it was a special morning and, and to be out there as the only Northern Irish player left in the field, the, the fans really kind of took me with them and it was a special, special experience. It was special for the fans too. This was the biggest crowd at the Open since St Andrews in 2000, and their enthusiasm and passion was incredible. The town was totally consumed by open fever, on and off the course. When you have an event in Ireland, everybody in the community gets involved in it. And I do recommend this, about if you're, if you're looking for great golf courses, and Portrush is a great golf course, the closer the golf course is to being in the town or village, the better. Just like St Andrews and Port Rush has that community spirit. The people in the town of Port Rush own, really, I know they don't own it, but they do own Port Rush. It's part of them. They take ownership. People who come here are absolutely bowled over by the scenery and the quality of the hotels and the restaurants and you know, when people talk to you, walk along a street and people say, good morning, and people will go out of their way to help others. And that's what it's all about. It's making the whole visit an experience so that people will return. As pints of Guinness were being sunk in the pubs of Port Rush, the golfers were preparing for moving day. But that Saturday at the 148th Open belonged to one man and one man only. On the tee from the Republic of Ireland, Shane Lowry. Lowry is now putting it and he knocks it in. Lowry goes to nine under par. I got off to a good start, but I wasn't, you know, I, I could have been better as well. Like I was uh, playing great golf and then all of a sudden, you know, I started to hold the putts and I started to hit the shots and I just started to, yeah, I was, it's like I was floating around the golf course, to be honest. You know, there's times where you get in those situations and you kind of back away from them and, and, like I probably did on Friday afternoon, but on Saturday afternoon I just kept going forward. Yeah, on 10, I'd actually, there's a tiny bush at the back of that green, and I know Shane's seen it because he sees everything. You don't want to be going too far left. No, because the only thing is, Bob, this comes out hot and pitches like five on the green. Does it go through the green? Very unlikely. I just feel like if I hit it, there's a chance of going left. I, that's the club. You know what I mean? Okay. All right? Yeah. The both hold The banks are always going to help us, and the pin was in the narrowest part of the green which means the bank are going to help you more because they can go up and down it. So it worked out pretty well. It's not a science. We're guessing all the time. Well, not all the time, but, you know, the shot worked out pretty much as we called it, which was nice to see. He does make it and back into the lead in the open goes Shane Lowry at 12 under par. What a wonderful recovery, first of all, off the bank on the left-hand side of the fairway and then rolls in the putt and Shane Lowry leads the Open again. He's 12 under par.
The Open's official website has more content than ever before. Visit theopen.com today and explore our vast library of videos, as well as a host of feature articles, championship updates, ticket and hospitality information, venue guides, every episode of The Open podcasts, and much more. Shane wasn't the only player hitting top form. Tony Finau moved to seven under par, Brooks Kepka six under, and playing alongside Westwood, Fleetwood was having the time of his life. I loved Saturday so much. There was a part through that round, I think I was playing really, really well, and we had to wait for a little while on the 10th, and I was you know, I was playing great, felt good about my game, and we had a bit of a wait in the fair. We ended up hitting a nine iron to like six foot, knocked it in. To share the lead with Shane Lowry. And from that point on, like I kept it in goal shots and felt so comfortable and so at ease with how I was playing. And to add to that, Shane was playing behind and he, you know, was shooting a ridiculous score, but the crowd noise and everything, the crowd behind that was going nuts, I thought it was just such a great day to be on the golf course, you know, second to last group on an open on a Saturday, playing great, feeling as in control as you can about your game, you know, being in contention. It All of it was, yeah, I'd have liked to a whole a couple more putts on that back nine, but like I came off and the first thing I thought was what an amazing day to be on a golf course. That's, you know, that's what we live for, really. It was, um, it was so, so good. Eight feet straight up the hill on 16. It looks good. It's not only good, it's absolutely unbelievable. A fist pump from Shane Lowry as he goes to seven under par. He's a wry smile with his caddy, but 15 under for the Open. And in it goes, Shane Lowry on the 17th at Royal Port Rush goes to eight under par, eight birdies in this wonderful, wonderful round of golf, 16 under, and he is absolutely running away with things at the moment. Unbelievable Saturday, the way he played, and, and he, he, he'll tell you it was the best golf of his life, but he's played the best golf of his life under pressure. Friday was really good, Saturday was, Saturday is one of the best rounds of golf I've ever seen in my life, bar none. What he did on Saturday, in that situation, with that pressure. And to be honest, like I'd missed a cut and I was going home. I sat there, watched it on Saturday and said, well, I can't go home. I've got to stay and watch this on Sunday now. He has a putt for 62. Even if he misses it, he's 63, which is extraordinary. He has stepped up to the plate and it has been one of the greatest rounds you could ever imagine. I actually didn't know that he had a putt for 62 in the last screen. Genuinely, I knew we were going pretty low, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like He's over the ball now. I would say this was 20 feet down the slope with a little bit of right to left. If this goes in, the roof will go off. And you can tell how close that was. Everybody was willing it and blowing it. But there's a round of a future champion of Lowry who taps in for unbelievable 63. Would have been amazing to shoot 62, but 63 was pretty good as well. well that really is something very special. Doffs his cap, takes it off, hugs his caddy, shakes hands warmly, and then acknowledges this wonderful home crowd. A 63, 16 under par. I'll never forget it, like as long as I live. It was like the most unbelievable hour, hour and 20 minutes of, of my golfing career. Like, you know, at birdie 15 and then to hit the four iron on Calamity into 10 or 12 feet and hold that. And people who've never been to Port Rush are obviously working at the Open that week. When you walk over the hill on 17 and you just see the crowd of people kind of down at 17 green and the grandstands and then down 18. It's just, it's one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. There will never be scenes like that at an Open again. Ole, ole, ole. I mean, it was a very Irish-centric type of Saturday at the Open because it was Shane, because he was shooting 63, because he got into a zone which rarely players get into. But when they get into it and they have the crowd on their side, that was Shane when everything comes together. 
If you've ever wanted to know what it's like to be a pop star, Shane, I think you've got a fair idea now. Yeah, I, uh, I honestly don't know what to say. This is incredible. Like this is, I can't believe it's happening to me. I can't believe this is me. You know, it's. Uh, I need need to gather myself. You know, I'm going to really enjoy this because look at this. I mean, this is incredible. This doesn't feel like golf. Like this is, this is not golf as we know it. So it, it's uh, hopefully they'll be as happy uh, this time tomorrow. Let's just recap. An Irishman at Royal Port Rush has shot an 8 under par 63 to lead the Open by 4 shots going into the final round. It was almost too good to be true. I tell you what, I have not seen a better game of golf played for a long, long time. Almost flawless. But there was one big concern. Oakmont. Shane came close to winning a major in 2016 when he carried a, wait for it, four-shot lead going into the final day of the US Open, but he ended up finishing tied second. Well, it's funny because he said to me on the Saturday when he holed out and we looked up at the board and he said, I need a four-shot lead and he had said, at least nobody will be talking about Oakmont now. You know, when basically that was probably the second question he was asked when he came in. Yeah, I started laughing when whoever answered it, I don't know who it was. Some weeks you're just mentally better than others and that's just the way it is. And this was just, the, the mental state I was in that week was just incredible. Port Rush here on the coast of Northern Ireland. It is Sunday at the Open, where later today, champion golfer of the year will be crowned for the 148th time. They're on their feet in the grandstands, many taking pictures. Shane Lowry with that huge beaming smile now gives a wave. And I'm sure Tommy Fleetwood will get a nice welcome as well. He's just about to come out onto the first tee. Here we go. I woke up that morning, I didn't eat breakfast. I had a little nibble for lunch, like I wasn't able to. And Bo kept on saying to me, he said, you may eat something, we're on the course. And I said, I can't, I'm like physically sick. All I can think about is standing on the 18 green with the claret jug in my hands. And that's way ahead of myself where I shouldn't be. And I kept, I sent that to Bo, I said, Bo, you keep, need to keep talking to me. Like you need to keep me in the moment and keep me focused on the next shot because I am away with the fairies here. I'm gone, like. I think he was certainly feeling nervous. Who wouldn't be? You know, you're leading the Open Championship with four shots. It's in Ireland. There was nobody left in Clara, I would say, his hometown, because basically everyone was coming. So I'd say he was, he was certainly nervous. There's no in-between here today. Like, it's either going to be one of the greatest days of my life or it's probably going to be one of the worst. On the tee from England, Tommy Fleetwood. That tee and that first hole is very, very difficult, and it's going to set your day up. I was... Nervous, but I was four behind and I had everything to gain, really. And Shane's on the tee, he's leading and he's got the whole crowd. You know, we're pretty close, we're mates and sort of shake hands on the tee and look at each other and like know what's coming. So I think there's like a mutual understanding that this is really cool. And this is, you know, we, we're basically the envy of every other golfer on the planet, you know, on that tee. Here we go then, fasten your seatbelts. Could be a bumpy ride this afternoon, guarantee you. Will be an exciting one. He likes that one, bends down immediately, picks it up. On the tee from the Republic of Ireland, Shane Lowry. So, first tee. The wind was a bit stronger that day, and it was a little bit of a different direction. So my tree iron, I love it. Like I, I could hit fairways all day with it. And I said to my caddy, Bo, is tree iron enough? And he's like, no. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Because I, I didn't really I didn't really like my two iron so much. So I was like, but I have to hit it. And honestly, it's horrendous. Like it actually is. I just couldn't wait to get the ball off the tee. Like I just couldn't wait to get the ball in front of me. Bunker. Oh, it's going to leave that horrendous 50-yard bunker shot that nobody, not even the pros, enjoy. Genuinely, when I hit it, I was like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Like, the crowd are going to go mental here. And next thing, back in the bunker, and I couldn't have put myself in a worse place. It's Shane Lowry in the bunker. I can just see the tip of his hat here. He's so deep, this bunker. Ball is on its way. It's coming up nicely. Nice big bounce forward. And what a wonderful shot. A little bit, oh, a little bit of spin. Unfortunately, it's starting to spin back down, but it, it is on the top deck. 
He's about 25 feet here to save power here in this first hole. So this long putt of 25 to 30 feet will be for his par, whereas Tommy Fleetwood will have a birdie opportunity. Obviously, you get up to the green then, and Tommy's hit two unbelievable shots. Ball is on its way. Stays really still. Ball's going towards the hole. Is it going to get there? <sighs> Unfortunately not, so Shane will have to mark that. And we'll now wait to Tommy Fleetwood putting for birdie, Ron. Now then, Tommy Fleetwood for birdie. I remember it being longer, but when I look back on it, it's actually, it was only about eight feet. Like, it was, it was like a... You know, and it was a pretty easy putt. Here it goes, and... Oh, he's missed it. He's missed it. You could hear the groan from the crowd. Just missed it on the right-hand side. Pops it in. So it's a par for Tommy Fleetwood. There was an opportunity there to have a much bigger gain, but at the same time, if you just said, let's walk to the second tee and you're going to be three behind instead of four before I tee it off, well, yeah, all right, let's go. And um, felt fine about it. Positive putt has it got there. That has, and Shane Lowry makes a good five out of the... Bunker on the first. From the outside looking in is a huge moment in the whole thing, but I really feel that it was going to take a lot to beat me that day. Like uh, Even if that had went against me on that first hole, I just really feel like it was going to take a lot to beat me that day. Like I, wa- I did walk to the second tee feeling like I had gained a shot and I had lost a shot. And the gap is three. I'm trying to look for the right word for this, but the first hole was, was certainly the most remarkable hole that probably is ever, even though it was the first hole on Sunday, it determined who won the Open Championship. So Shane has actually lost a shot on the first hole to Tommy. Tommy's made a great four and Shane's made it a five. But I can guarantee you, Shane felt like he won that. If that was match play, Shane walked to the next tee like he won the hole. They both par the second, but Tommy bogeys the third, putting Shane four clear once again. The Irishman then hits his stride over the putt. In it goes, another birdie for Shane Lowry on the par five seventh, and he extends his lead to six shots in the 148th Open Championship. But the infamous Dunluce weather started coming in, and it was eroding Lowry's lead. By the 12th hole, it was back down to four shots. Yep, birdie four for Tommy Fleetwood, his first birdie since the fifth hole. But it just puts a little more pressure on Shane Lowry. The margin is now four. Six holes to go. There's still a lot can happen. You kind of feel like it's getting a little bit away from me at that stage, but then you have a look at the leaderboard and you see that the, just the whole field is struggling. They certainly were. JB Holmes, who was third going into Sunday, imploded with a round of 87. JB Holmes just having a horrible day. That's going to be a triple bogey seven. Justin Rose, who was tied fourth, shot a closing 79. Tough day for Justin Rose, that was 79, US Open champion. Lee Westwood, 73, gave him a share of fourth with Kepka. Finau was trying his best to keep up with the leaders, but it was only ever about Larry, with Fleetwood's hopeful challenge ending on the 14th. When you needed that push early on, I just didn't quite do it. Like, I didn't quite get it, and at the same time, Shane goes out with a four-shot lead, yeah, plays the first a bit nervy, but from that point on, he was brilliant. Like, you know, he, he started it like like the best golfer in the world, pretty much. He just controlled the day there. This bogey putt, almost essential that he gets it to stay with Shane Lowry in contention. Oh, oh, well, he's within inches of it dropping in, but it's a double bogey for Tommy Fleetwood. 14th to the 15th tee was pretty disheartened really like it was you know that's you know that was that was it now I kind of knew it was almost over then on 14 Tommy made a, a pretty bad mistake on 14 I made bogey as well but I hold that on 15 so it was that was a quite an aggressive fist pump almost a 15 three to go now they know <laughs> The gallery feel that it's their man's. This is obviously where I felt like I had it, you know what I mean? Because I felt like I could make bogeys on the way in then and win. John Van de Velde probably would have been happy if I didn't win it from there because people would have stopped talking about him. The shoes are coming off. He's going to make up his trousers. The next few holes were glorious. A six-stroke lead heading into the 18th meant Shane could enjoy the greatest walk in golf knowing the claret jug was waiting for him. Let's enjoy this walk with Shane Lowry. This and these are moments that 
he and everyone else in Irish golf will never forget. Shane Lowry said yesterday that this was more than golf. And he's absolutely right, it is. The only scenes I've seen like this as he now gets a standing ovation. Listen to this as he approaches the green. Everyone standing, everyone applauding as Shane Lowry and Tommy Fleetwood arrive on the green. But this, of course, is for the Irishman, Shane Lowry, who is on the point of winning the Open Championship. Forward he comes onto the green. Wonderful, wonderful scenes here at Royal Portrush. Like for me, walking down 17 and 18 on Saturday was incredible. Like Then when you get to Sunday, it's just relief, joy, just happiness. But I would say for me at that stage, it was just a lot of relief. Like a lot of like, oh my God, this is it. Like it's over. And I just kind of disbelief. Like I said the ball, I remember pointing the leaderboard. I said, I cannot believe that's me up there. Like I just cannot believe it. Like it's, it's one of the most surreal experiences that I've ever had. Like it was like a like an out of body experience, and to be able to share that with Bo, like I've, I I swore after my last caddy that I'd never become friendly with another caddy because I just thought it became too difficult at the end to finish uh, this that and the other whatever, and now sure myself and Bo are like you know good friends we get on great you know you hit your second shot in and I turned around and I hugged Bo and I told him I loved him. I said to him when we stood on the top of the 18th day, I said, you have to take a look around. Like, there's whatever, I don't know, many thousands of people there and they were lined all around the tee, all the way down the side. It was just a pretty unbelievable feeling. Shane Larry here from 25 feet. Ball is on its way. Says, when he said he's going towards the hole, is it going to get there? Is it going to get there? Is it going to get there? And what a wonderful putt. A wonderful putt here for Shane Larry as he starts to smile. It was caddy. A player, his family are coming on just to the edge of the green. Here is this little tap-in to win the 148th Open Championship in Portrush. Shane Lowry is your Open Champion 2019. Big hugs from player to caddy. Emotional scenes. The wife and the child are walking onto the green. Incredible, incredible golf this man has played all week. What a man. What a man. To be honest, I'd love to be able to go back there and just experience it again. Shane Lowry is the Open champion. The return of the Open to Oakport Rush has been an absolute triumph. That's the reason I'm here this morning and I'll go out and practice this afternoon and that's the reason I get up every day is to try and experience that again and it's just pure relief like it, it really is. I felt for Tommy to be honest but Tommy will get that chance again. The crowd played such a huge part in the tournament, the crowd were amazing, loved playing in front of them, they were fantastic fans but I watched him with his family, I watched him like with the people he's worked with all his life and I watched them all like have that moment and be so engrossed in it and I you know I stood there and watched it on the 18th green and you know it motivates you at the same time because you because you want that two big hugs between the two great great players today what a shootout the caddy of Tommy Fleetwood and Shane giving a hug the man he has no energy left Ron well this really is dreamland stuff Shane Lowry now he's put his cap back on he's blowing kisses to the crowd that was the coolest part of the whole thing, that everybody standing at the back of that 18 green has had a huge influence on my whole career, and I wouldn't have been there without any of those people, and that's what was pretty cool about the whole thing. GMAC was there, Porrick Harrington. For me, I was actually with his family, which was very nice, because of the fact that they, they were so emotional. Uh, we, we were in the players' lounge, and then we came out together, and uh, yeah, it was, it was very special to see him walk up the 18th. It was very special to see the crowds, how they embraced it, everybody embraced it, loved it. And then his family, obviously, I, I've been in that position and, and my family came out to enjoy it. I got to stand back and watch his family go out there, uh, which was, was, was really nice. It's nice to see it. I could only imagine myself being there and my family would have been in the same situation. So it was kind of cool being right there and being able to experience that from a different 
perspective. I'm standing by with Graham McDowell right now. What does this mean? What are your feelings right now with him breaking through? It's the realization of a dream to be here at Paul Rush in the first place and then to have an Irish player win this Open Championship. It's dream stuff. The warmth of Shane's character. He's one of the most popular sports people I have ever come across in Ireland. And I don't think there's anybody more popular than him because he has that connection with people. And when you see somebody like that, doing something as historic as win the Open on Irish soil. Like, it's, it's almost too big a deal. This achievement was one of the great moments in Irish sport. Little Wave greeting all his family. His dad is there as well. His mother. Oh, this really is special. You know, my mum and my dad there and handing my dad the Claret Jog in the 18 Greens. Jesus, it's like I said, it, it is unbelievable. You know, my dad coming from where he's come from, coming from where we've come from, it's just, it's incredible to see that. With a score of 269, the winner of the gold medal and the champion golfer of the year is Shane Larry. My, my family, um, what can I say, my mum and dad. They sacrificed so much for me when I was younger and I'm so happy that I can hand them this trophy tonight. After they finish, they come into a little reception with RNA people, etc. And there's a glass of champagne. He said, oh, no, 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 I'm not having... I'm driving the family back to Dublin. He's so grounded. And I said, well, Shane, it's like this. You've sorted out the Brexit problem. <laughs> and he just laughed. <laughs> but, you know, he's just a really laid back guy. And, you know, imagine you won the Open, you'd be saying, oh, no, 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 somebody can drive me. No, I'm driving the family back. I thought that was so nice. Shane had realised his childhood dream. He's won the Open. Now it's time to celebrate. We're in Dublin tomorrow. We're going tonight, like, but we're there tomorrow. The reason we went back to Dublin, I said to my manager that morning, no matter what happens today, we're leaving. We're out here tonight. I think we got out of there about nine o'clock, and we do, we went back to the house in Bush Mills and picked up our bags. You know, driving down the road with the claret jug sitting on my knee, and it was incredible. But yeah, back to Dublin. I think we got back to our own house at one a.m. and our babysitter, she was there waiting for us and uh, we went in and, and put Iris to bed and, and headed off into town to one of my buddy's uh, bars. I have a good friend who owns a few bars in Dublin, so he organised the whole thing, and um, we had an incredible night. Like, it was incredible. And, yeah, I was having a few beers or whatever, but, you know, and, and I had a couple of sups out, out of the jug. Like, we filled the jug with a bottle of Jemison. That was kind of the first drink that went into it, and that was really cool. That image of Shane stood on a pub table in the Republic of Ireland's capital city, belting out the fields of Athenry. Just incredible. I know how proud I felt. I think word probably got around Dublin where we were going because that's kind of a bar that I would go to if I was going out with my friends and and uh, it was pretty busy. But as the night went on and as it got later and later, it kind of fizzled out. Like when it got to about four o'clock in the morning, that's when it was like really cool sitting back. I remember sitting out on Dawson Street in Dublin with the claret jug and hardly anybody there. And it's just like, oh my God, what is just after happening to me? Well, the celebrations obviously were somewhat behind closed doors in some respects. We do celebrations pretty well in Ireland. We're well known how to celebrate. And, and Shane would be the type of person who gets the, the celebration thing really well. And there was brilliant vibe throughout the whole country for about two or three days. Um, and uh, I know that Shane had his own celebrations. Shane travelled back to his hometown of Clara, Clara jug in hand, ready for a hero's welcome. So we walk up the street like um, it's literally just people on top of us and we've got like we're surrounded by security and they're trying to get us through and you know, it takes a while to get up to where the stage is, then we get up on the stage and it's just I mean it's like 
It, it looks to me like people for as far as you can see. Everybody's in great form and you know the sun was shining, you know, everything about it was just there was a good buzz around the place and you know, you get ten or fifteen thousand people coming together and there's not a bad word spoken between anyone. It's just it's just incredible. Shane is very much a, a man of the people in Ireland, you know, and certainly I got I, I think he was yeah, Rory is a big favourite with, with everybody and, and being local would have been a massive favourite, but I really don't think we're looking at second best here with Shane. I think we're going to give it as as an equal. He's very, very popular in Ireland, Shane, and it was a big deal for the golfing community and, and the sporting community and the people of Ireland that he, he went down and won it. So I'm not, I'm not going to say second best. Let's give it a perfect in Shane's mind and, and, and equal in everybody else's. Uh, listen, I hope it's going to be great. I think he's going to keep stepping up and keep moving forward. And, keep doing what he's always dreamed of doing in the game. Everyone dreams of winning the major, you know, he's done it now, so he's going to be living the dream and hopefully he'll uh, create a few more. Shane's achievement lifted the Open beyond a level that any championship has ever seen. The redesigned course, the partisan fans, the fields of Athenry, the Guinness. It was the Open that unified Ireland. This was our Open and Shane Lowry made it the perfect Open. I, I'm a bit like misunderstood as well. You know, I think people have a perception of me that, you know, oh, he drinks a few pints and goes and plays a bit of golf and happens to be good. And isn't that great? But the years of hard work with my team, you know, the ups and downs we've all had together, the arguments, the fallouts, the, the makeups, just everything for it all to kind of come together that week in Portrush, I feel unbelievably fortunate. Shane Lowry is your Open champion 2019. I can't say anything more than I feel extremely lucky to have achieved what I achieved in Portrush that week because will another Irishman ever do that again? Who knows? But I can take solace in the fact that no matter what happens for the rest of my career that that Claret Jug will always be on my table, so that's pretty cool. And the new Open champion in Ireland is an Irishman, Shane Lowry, I'm actually getting goosebumps here thinking about it. Genuinely, like, just one of the best weeks of my life. The story of 2019 was narrated by me, James Nesbitt, written, produced and edited by Rob Day. Supporting producers include Chris Lewis and Mike Birch. The executive producers were Paul Sutcliffe and Steve Tebb. Want to keep the discussion going? Join the Open Podcasts Facebook group today to engage with your favourite episodes, players and stories. Share your own experiences in the game or post about your favourite tales from the podcast or beyond. A new community for fans of golf's greatest stories. Join now at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash The Open Podcasts. This has been an original audio production from The Open.